0: Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 9th of May and as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, It is general advice only, so please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisors regarding any ideas, thoughts, or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. But if you're listening, of course, on the World Wide Web, on a podcast, wherever you may be in this wonderful world of ours, then you can also log on to marcustoday.com.au and read our disclaimers there. All right, well, we had another night in the U.S., dominated once again by economic news, dominated by that jobs number that came out on Friday night, which was, I guess, uh, slightly better than the market had been going for in terms of showing that the U.S. economy is still doing pretty well. Uh, as a matter of fact, the U.S. economy added 428,000 new jobs in April 391,000 was the expected number, so slightly better. And we're also seeing that wage inflation continuing in the US, so that is certainly spooking the market a little bit. As a result of all this, the Dow Jones closed down 99 points or 0.3 of a percent. Nothing really that bad, but uh, still negative. NASDAQ down 1.4 percent. Once again, we saw the NASDAQ. Uh, ease far more than the Dow or the S&P which was in the middle for diddle as usual the S&P 500 down 0.57 percent 24 points to 4123 that Nasdaq closing at 12145 the VIX index as you would expect on a Friday with a lot of the risk taken out of the market people weren't that keen to be buying new hedge positions on the CBOE and as a result, we did see the VIX down 3.24%, or one point to 30. SPY Futures showing a loss of 51 points, or 0.71%. So once again, our market's suffering far more than the US market. So uh, putting some of that in perspective, I guess uh, that our market really is suffering. And we are seeing the Aussie market not only catching a cold when the US sneezes but catching covid as well the dow jones uh, the s&p was only down 0.6 of a percent last week uh, the dow jones fell 0.3 of a percent last week nasdaq was down 1.4% whereas our tech sector was down 7.3% last week so just shows you how affected we have been by that us malaise in commodities on Friday, we saw Brent crude up another $1.49, 112.39, 1.34%. WTI was up $1.51, 109.77, 1.39%. So we are seeing energy prices continuing to push higher. Gold also pushing higher, up another $7.10 or 0.38%, 18828 Iron ore, though, coming well and truly off the board at the moment, 138.44, down $6.76, or 4.66%. China, of course, was closed for most of last week for holidays, but uh, back online and the iron ore price weaker on the back of it. The Aussie dollar at 70.70. In other commodities, not huge moves. In copper, down 0.4%, nickel down 02 but aluminium down 3%, zinc down nearly 3%, Zen, uh, we had lead down 1.8%, and tonne down 2.8% with uh, metal stocks overseas. BHP in ADR terms was actually up slightly, 0.09% of a percent, Rio fell 1.3%, Freeport, MacMarano though down 4.4%, Alcoa down 3.8%, Tech down 5.8%, Anglo down 0.9%, Glencore up 0.7%, Vale down 1.8%, and Arbomar in the lithium space still better, up 2.5%. So they have been doing pretty well recently. That Arbomar share price has been on a bit of a rock and roll tear. S&P 500, there you have it, another higgledy-piggledy day. Of course, the jobs number was all important on Friday. But again, showing how resilient and how strong the US market is, which then feeds into the narrative about raising rates quicker and more aggressively from the Fed, of course. So, not particularly helpful, although a bad number would have probably been equally as unhelpful. In terms of US stocks, on Friday we had Apple up half percent, Meta down 2.2, Google down 0.6, Microsoft down nearly 1%, Amazon down 1.4, Tesla down nearly 1%. Netflix still suffering, down nearly 3 well, down nearly 4% there. US banks pretty much unchanged, to be honest. Uh, slight falls in uh, Bank of America and Wells Fargo, with block pretty much unchanged as well. So nothing very exciting coming out of there, as I say. Our SPY futures showing down 51 points. Major stories. Westpac profit tops estimates as costs see further reductions. G7 leaders commit to banning imports of oil from Russia, which is why we're seeing that oil price being so good at the moment. $112.39 for Brent crude. Chinese Premier Li cautions on complicated and grave employment situation amid COVID, COVID curves, and China is tightening the Shanghai COVID restrictions even as it faces continued public criticism. And President Xi must tread carefully amid signs COVID responses eroded public faith, in party's ability, the CIA director says Putin is doubling down, believing he cannot afford to lose in Ukraine. Today is a momentous day, ninth of or ninth uh, of May rather in Russia is Victory Day. It is a big day for Putin, and uh, there were some uh, suspecting that he may announce that he was at war with Ukraine. Up till now, it's not been called a war. If you call it a war, that then. Releases special powers and the ability to uh, train and recruit conscripts from uh, Russian civil, um, the civil, the civil population. So uh, it does change things. So it'll be interesting to see tonight what comes out of Russia in terms of their policy on Ukraine. And in the Ukraine, the Ukrainian invasion supply chain crunch is accelerating the pullback from globalization. And the EU ambassadors meeting ends without an agreement on Russian oil, with Hungary still remaining opposed to that ban on Russian oil imports. Saudi are lowering oil prices for the first time in four months. In our market today, we did see that uh, U.S. non-farm payrolls, 428,000, that uh, matches the gain in March. 10-year yields, U.S. 3.13, Australia 3.46, Germany Notice that spiked up a little bit, 1.13%. Stocks 50 in Europe down 1.8, FTSE down 1.5, CAC down 1.7, and DAX down 1.6. So we are seeing European markets and Australian markets faring far worse than we are seeing in the US. Westpac numbers are out this morning, has slashed costs, 3.1 billion in cash earnings, which is down 12%. But it does look as if it's beat market estimates, 61 cent dividend there as well but not sure whether that will be enough to cheer the whole sector which has been under a little bit of pressure not quite as much pressure as the rest of the market but it has been under pressure after last week we saw Macquarie, NAB and ANZ numbers out and of course we do have ex-dividends this week from the banks which does tend to chop a little bit out of the indices so bear that in mind. AUB is in a trading halt ahead of material transaction And in the worst listing since the GFC, Kresos, which has a code of C79, fell 36% on debut. Not a good look. Why is it called C79? Well, that is the atomic number for gold. It does seem as if some of the selling came from pre-IPO investors, and that was the reason why it fell so much. You would like to think that the brokers involved, which was Baron Joey, UBS and Shaw, would have put an escrow on those pre-IPO investors. It seems not, and they did dump it on the first day. So obviously they got in much lower down in the pre-IPO and were happy to take a 36% hit on their stock because they got it far lower down and were looking for that liquidity event to get out. As far as our market goes today, it will be about Westpac. It will be a slow, cautious start to the week. I have to say, uh, 51 points down on the spine, not a great start, but we did get well and truly smashed last week, and maybe we'll see the market perform slightly better than those 51 points, but it's going to be another nervous week, another cautious week as uh, as events unfold. Of course, we also have politics to contend with. We have the election only a couple of weeks away now, and uh, we do see... The, uh, the Labor Party looks as if it is pushing slightly further ahead than the coalition in the polls. Certainly in the betting, we've got Scott Morrison and the NLNP uh, at uh, two, uh, $3.25 now to win another term. So it looks as if um, the last two weeks is going to be just as interesting as the previous, was it only four weeks? Anyway, I digress. Question of the day today, why are we faring worse than the U.S. market? Why is our tech sector down 7% plus when the U.S. tech sector is only down 1.4% on the week? Why are we being absolutely smashed? Are we playing catch-up as the U.S. market uh, just performed so badly uh, for some time that we are just playing catch-up with that U.S. market? But why are we faring worse than the U.S. market? It does seem as if they've sneezed that we've caught COVID and a cold simultaneously. Anyway, we'll see. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. Always a great group over there. Three and a half thousand plus members helping members. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, just don't forget there are another three streams of podcast wonderfulness. We have the Strategy Podcast, which is the morning meeting podcast in uh, the lunchtime email. We have the On The Desk Podcast, where the team in Melbourne talk about things that are prescient to them and preying on their investment brains and my on the couch podcast. And this week, I'm hoping to catch up with James Hawkin. James is a fund manager with L one capital. He runs the catalyst fund, which has done particularly well. So it'd be interesting to hear his views on the market, how he invests, what's he looking for, and his performance why has it been so good compared to some of the others out there so looking forward to chatting with James later this week but that's it from me today thanks very much for listening and have a great day